What's up, guys? Welcome back to Square Zeroes with Derek Hawkins and John Mann. Today we're talking about Vulture Ship. kind of wanted to ask you too um so uh, i was i was you know the other day online uh, you know some pictures came through from y'all's last show at shea yeah um and i was i was i was informed by by picture and caption that you took a shower at shea in took the middle a shower of the shower yeah, yeah. ca- catch me up on that tell me what happened there uh well uh we have a really long cable i like to move about right. uh, in the audience we played shea a number of times yeah um and, uh, you know, in the front bathroom of Shea, people, I guess, used to live there. I don't think anyone lives there anymore. But uh, the, it, has, it has living capabilities, so there's a shower in the bathroom close to the stage. <laughs> and uh, we realized that with the long cable, I could walk in there and take a shower. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I very subtly, subtly took off, uh, took off my shoes and socks naturally <laughs> yeah. during the set, in the opening moments of the set, threw them into the audience. So it seemed like just a thing, but I was getting ready. Right. Did you have a song that you knew you were going to do it on? Uh, kind of. We had to have someone in the audience. We had to have one of our friends uh, stand in at the bathroom and make sure there was no one in there. Because that would have yeah, been... We really biffed it. You know, if you just walk over there and, you know, there's like, this that's locked. Someone's taking a poo. You know, it's no good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, we sort of... We had a range of two or three songs in which it was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. I yeah. believe I believe Nora said that it had never been... It had never been... She. It had happened one time before with a band that was doing a 24-hour art installation. So he was just like living at Shea as his art. But it was the first time a band had ever, uh, it was the first time a band had ever so done that. the first one who was on there with Yes, Master. Vulture Shit yeah, has yeah. logged the first live shower yeah, at Shea Stadium. Stadium. Yeah. I think yeah. we were on the road somewhere when we came up with the idea. We yeah, were just yeah. driving late night. It was probably that we hadn't showered for a while. And yeah. The man, gets to, the man gets to thinking about showers. And showers he's known, showers he hasn't. <laughs> well, now that we know you guys are a cleanly band, uh, why don't you all introduce yourselves and say what you do in Vulture Shit. All right, I'm, uh, I'm Randy Vandal. I, uh, I do vocals for Vulture Shit. My name's Mike, and I play the, the bass. I'm Mike. I play the washboard. All right. <laughs> Welcome, guys. That's and an intense washboard. Thanks. Yeah, it's artisanal. <laughs> <laughs> it's custom. How would you guys? How would you guys describe Vulture Shit for somebody who hasn't heard you before? Um, somebody put it well. I think pretty good once with uh, S- Saturday morning cartoon punk. Yeah. yeah, Nightmare Americana is another description yeah. that we got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They didn't even they didn't even concatenate it. They didn't go to Nightmareicana. They didn't even no 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 just Nights Nightmare Americana. Yeah. Lazy <laughs> <laughs> critics, man. You know, <laughs> lazy critics. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's 
we don't have a guitar. That's the main yeah, thing. Sure. No I guitar. I guess someone at that same Shea show was like, how would you guys describe yourself? Because like, you're punk, but you're also not. And I think that's also... <laughs> sure. Yeah. You, guys would, you guys would need a whole other mic, right, to have a guitar. Exactly. Yeah, there'd, be, there'd yeah. be a third mic. And that's obviously ridiculous. Yeah. First of all, it's inefficient. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just I'll the beginning. Speaking of uh, Americana and sort of Norman Rockwell and stuff, I noticed that uh, a lot of your songs involve uh, satire of family life. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if you can give us some insight on where that comes from. Well, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think we all have pretty nice family lives, to yeah. be honest. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, true. it's really, I wish I had it's a better answer, but the silence was too songs. long and we biffed it, you know. So. Yeah, we try to write songs about the horrible families that we never got to Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think that, that's kind of a relief too for me. Cause I'm like, I asked that question and I realized like, oh man, I may have just stirred up like five minutes into the interview some really dark shit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's actually three feigning couches we have you guys laying out yeah, exactly. on <laughs> because of the fucking therapy session. Yeah. No, that's that's wonderful to hear that y'all had. Yeah. Yeah. So but I, I mean the family, but I mean I think I think. Oh, well, I don't know if these guys, I don't want to speak for them, but I mean, I think the family, uh, the form of the nuclear family is one of the most uh, destructive in reproducing society as it currently exists, which is horrible. So, uh, you right. know, and politically. Sort of one among many uh, facets of uh, yeah. American life that, that we um, despise. <laughs> <laughs> so although we uh, did not have particularly uh, traumatic family relations, and uh, yeah. it, uh, yeah, the family should be destroyed. And so mm -hmm. we're... We're doing our little part. <laughs> now, can, can I can I assume because y'all have such wonderful family lives yourselves, though, that all your moms and dads are listening to Vulture shit or listening to these interviews or really into the music? I think at this point, all our parents have seen a show. It's true. Yeah, yeah. and nice. siblings. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. My sister still hasn't come, Joanna. If you're listening, get get on it. The fuck. Uh, you know, yeah. Get, get your shit together. <laughs> but everyone else, they all have, and they've reacted with uh, varying degrees of confusion and astonishment. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, well, this might, might be a nice segue. So you were always supported to some extent in your musical endeavors by your families. Yes. What are some of your earliest things that you did? Uh, Randy, let's start with you. Well, <laughs> I uh, probably the most success I will ever have as a musician was uh, in my uh, in my day school um, in, uh, in my school my elementary school. Uh, we had a chorus that um, was just a public school, you know, small public school. But there happened to be the parents of one of the kids was a really good conductor, um, so I was in a very uh, very successful children's choir. Uh, I I had performed. <laughs> By the time I was uh, 12, I had performed in the Kennedy Center, in Boston Symphony Hall, at Tanglewood, and in Carnegie Hall. Um, made a brief friendship with Yo-Yo Ma when we were premiering it. That's like a real story from my childhood. So I'll never be as successful <laughs> or beloved as I was then, uh, basically. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you have a cut from, from the children's oh, I, chorus? Know, I, I, <laughs> I genuinely hadn't thought of it. We, had, we talked about that it later, amazing. and I was like, oh, man. I mean, I can send you guys one. We can, we can <laughs> drop it in there for sure. It's called Pals, wow. Performing Arts at Lincoln School. Yeah. <laughs> and send you a, yeah. So if that, was, if that was your humble beginnings, what happened after that? Oh, just a series of uh, increasingly desperate failures, basically. I don't know. <laughs> um, Which this is the latest one. Yeah, just the, just the, just the most recent. Um, uh, no, and then I uh, I had a band, um, you know, uh, my named after me, which was very obnoxious that we never even played a show, but it was Randall and the Randy Vandals, um, and there were uh, there were three of us, and we never played a show, but we wrote some songs, uh, some punk songs, including a song called Down the Punks, which was uh, which was about a know, response to up the punks. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was well, an anti punk <laughs> anti punk punk song um, that. Th those recordings do not exist. Although the lyrics that's, are on some computer somewhere. That's so fucking punk. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Uh, and then there wasn't really like, and then I just like played at practice. And then at uh, some point in, in college, I joined uh, Red vs. Black, which is a band that I have uh, I've sent over here, which nice. was weirdly also bass drum and vocals, for which I was the vocals. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, so did Yo-Yo Ma come to any Red vs. Black? Yo-Yo Ma uh, didn't make it. Um, his people told me to stop emailing. So. <laughs> uh, sweet. Well, talk. Let's let's um, let's check out this Red vs. Black song. Should, okay. Should we just dive right into it and dissect it later? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, okay. 
Well, let's say, what's the track called? Why don't you introduce the track? Yeah, I'm not sure which one uh, which one we'll do, but because uh, I sent the whole EP over, uh, maybe try the Red vs. Black theme song is uh, the good a good one to open. Seems with. Seems appropriate. Yeah. This was the. This is Red vs. Black. So this is a college band uh, with two guys out of Denver, uh, Sam Talent, who is now a uh, a touring stand-up comedian, and a guy named Clay on the bass. Sam was on drums. Um, and so this is the red versus black theme song is how we opened most of our shows. Awesome. That's what's coming up now. And uh, as you will hear, it was recorded in the living room of a, of a, of a friend uh, the day before we went, or two days before we went on tour <laughs> so that the next day we could burn all the CDs and make all the CD holders out of red construction paper. CD that you made before you played the shows with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that if not going back to us and doing that, but how we know Randy. Yeah. And from doing this was that we met in Ithaca, New York, and I knew the bass player in Red vs. Black more than I knew him, and um, we were in this very beginning version of culture shit, which was just. Me just the and two of us. Just the two of us, and this was probably yeah. like Bill Withers style. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Like five. Yeah, you mean Big Willie style? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, it's good. This guy's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So they were on tour doing the whole country thing, like across the country, and we played two dates. We played one show in Montclair, New Jersey, yeah, at the Meat Locker. At the Meat Locker, like five some years ago. And all your all the CDs got all our stolen. CDs got stolen, which all was insane. Which was it was that? insane because is the CD that we're listening to. They were like I said, made out of red and black construction paper with like sharpie drawings. Like we just spent a whole afternoon <laughs> making really stupid, like like seven hundred seventy really stupid, <laughs> and they were just like CDRs that like we had just written on sharpie red. Like there there was no value. There was not, There wasn't even like you. Could, I guess if you really want to like reuse it, I guess you could. Like, what, what did you? What, how did that make you guys feel when like you look over and like your Dude, whole stack is gone? It was horrible. I mean, it was awful. It was like I mean, we were like you know, we were like we were we were touring we were touring with no money. I mean, we were doing like you know putting ten dollars in the gas in, in at the gas station and hoping you made it to the next venue kind of shit. So to have like the main you know the main financial contributor to gas. Just gone for no reason, you know. It was, it was a bummer. That's terrible. And on top of that, like those are the original copies, like yeah. those, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Some assholes sitting on a bunch of them. Yeah. And we did that show, and, <laughs> and then we played another show in, in Philadelphia. Yeah. The um, rankest basement. Yeah, the rankest basement of North Philly, like around Temple. Right. And we played this spot, and then they played a great set. But the whole catch for the show was. The XLR cable was busted. Okay. Right? Yeah, there were no vocals. So there was no vocals except for like yeah. this one contact mic. We had a contact mic, mic. We had was made. A contact yeah. mic that went to like a quarter inch and he ended up uh, duct taping it to his throat on the outside, which obviously, I mean, it's not going to do anything. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then work. we were, we'd come up from, we were in Baltimore at the time and we had come up from Baltimore. And um, 
we were just so upset by the fact that there was no XLR. There was mics and there was a PA, but there was just yeah. like no fucking mic cable to make this whole thing work. Yep. That um, that we we me and him and this other dude who was playing with us at the time, we just played totally bare ass naked but yeah. at this show. Yeah. <laughs> just totally in the nude. Yep. And uh, a lot of people at the show were not not too receptive. Not to yeah, they, yeah they were not. They left that. when they saw our But all the all the all the women actually did stay. It's true. There was Which actually uh, yeah. that the guys were just. All the, all, the, all the women did stay. One, <laughs> yeah. That one woman. The one. She was the bartender. I think there were two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I wish yeah. I could remember. No, it was a, it was a grimy was a good room. Yeah. yeah. It was a grimy room. So there were some people who hopped a freight train. Yeah, a bunch of kids. We played a... We played a, uh, we played a that was cool. Yeah. Scrapple Fest, which was a, a festival in Harrisburg. Scrapple <laughs> Fest? Scrapple no Fest, way, yeah. Three really? days earlier. Oh, and then, uh, yeah, these kids all... Meet. Yeah. These kids all hitched on... Uh, <laughs> Hopped a freight to come to our show in Philly, and uh, it was donation based, and we made two seventy. I remember. Shit. Wow. Yeah, we ate goldfish and slept on the couch. Two dollars and seventy cents. Yeah, no, two dollars and seventy cents. No, those crusties. Those crusties gave us all their dimes, but it wasn't they enough. Yeah. Some fucking yeah. change in there. That's incredible. Yeah. But this is, but this, but this is how you guys met. This is the story of your love. This is, so. yeah. This yeah. is an origin yeah. story. Yeah. And, and then we, we, yeah, well, like we didn't see each other for a while after that, and then. I, uh, we were living in Crown Heights at the time. He was yeah. living in Crown Heights at the time. And there was this giant building that was on fire on <laughs> yeah. Franklin Avenue in yes. the park. That's place. the real. Yeah. And I was admiring we, the burning building. We were both rubbernecking. Yeah. And I saw him and I was like, hey, hey. And we just, yeah. we didn't really talk too much. We just watched this building right. just burn. You know, it's like, <laughs> you're like, this is probably some sort of metaphor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I prefer to think of it just like Haruki Murakami, you know, saw that right. home run at a baseball game was like, I could write novels. Yeah. yeah. You guys right. saw that building burning and you're like, I could be in a band. Vulture shit sucks. Yeah. Without with me doing vocals because the original version was I did all the vocals and yeah. bass. Well, you did. You know, I'd say about seventy percent. Seventy percent. This guy covered the other thirty. Yeah. Sometimes we overlap. Like duopoly. Yeah. It was really generally pretty terrible. It was bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like a really good fusion. You know, you found a band that was also bass and drum based. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Drum it based. was. It all clicked when we watched those flames. And uh, yeah. we actually used to in a, in the tour. The tour described. Uh, uh, Red vs. Black, we used to play what they were called the Purple Cocks at the time, yeah. a song called Man Driving Van, which we still do now. Yeah. But I learned that song in my other band's tour van yeah. driving around. And that's an excellent, that's on your 7-inch that came out on Money Fire last year. Oh no, that's Correct. Church Van. Oh no, that's Church, church Van. We have two we songs have, back then. Vulture <laughs> shit songs always come in twos or threes. Yeah. And, and we have a sort of van pair. Yeah, yeah. That's we, right, that's Church Van. Yeah, we church really van want a nice van. van. We just have an SUV, we really want a van. So. Yeah. That, those songs are both born of deep van envy. Right. <laughs> versus, versus black. Versus black. Red yeah. versus black. Yeah. That was sweet. Right, let's, it's, let's, it's, let's, a, it's a communist racist it's a, band. <laughs> 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 we actually played at a weird venue in Lansing, Michigan, where they asked if we were if our band was named after the fight between Trotskyists and Machnovites in the Russian Revolution. Wow. And I said Hell yes. Hell yeah. Wow. It, uh, it wasn't. Well, let's hear <laughs> it. Well, let's do another Red versus Black track. Right. That was really cool. I want to. I'm. I want to hear another one. All right. Uh, number two, rhetoric will be a, be a good one.
that. So again, that was yeah. rhetoric by Red versus Black off the Raid GP. Yeah. Um, so what happened to what happened to Red versus Black? I mean, obviously you ended up with these guys, and these yeah. guys ended up with you. Like what happened to Red versus Black? Well, actually, like Red versus Black, it's funny. So the I had another band at the time called Chutzpah, which also had the bassist from Red versus Black in it. Excellent name. In which uh, which I played guitar for. Um, and uh, Chutzpah, I didn't have any Chutzpah recordings. Uh, I do remember that we had an instrumental called Blood is the Natural Lubricant. So that's, I don't remember anything else. Yeah, pretty bad. Yeah. We, were, we were kind of a troll band. Like we were just a really like sloppy noise band that would play college parties and ruin them kind of, like drive everyone out. <laughs> it was all right. Um, but anyways, yeah, Chutzpah, both Chutzpah and Red vs. Black, the members of both moved to Denver. Um, the guys from Red vs. Black were from Denver originally, so they all moved back there. And uh, they played, they, they put out another record. Uh, it was just the two of them from there. And like they, you know, they wrote a lot of the lyrics even for these songs. So they, they put out another album, but I think they just sort of, you know, Sam, who is the drummer, does a lot, does comedy and he's on the road a lot. So I think it just sort of slowly. Chutzpah, on the other hand, got really, really good and, uh, and like released much better music than we used to play, uh, which is my friend uh, Billy, who was in Zombie Orgy uh, at the yep. time. Yeah, yeah. You remember Zombie Orgy? Great name. Yeah, yeah <laughs> good band name. Uh, they were awesome. Zombie Orgy was awesome. But um, yeah, so Chutzpah put out a record that's really good, um, that's, I, but I, had, I didn't contribute to it at all, so I can't. I can't. <laughs> yeah, so they, so they like... They all, both of those bands are basically over now, but they kept going for a couple of years uh, in Denver. Cool. Yeah. Well, that was sick, man. I can, and before, before we swap out here, what yeah. was the time frame and what was your, like, what was your recording process for those? Okay. So Red vs. Black, like the, the two of those guys were, had grown up together. So they had been Red vs. Black for a couple of years by the time I joined. Um, I joined because they were like playing a set at some weird house party and they were playing Misfits covers and I knew all the lyrics. It was like, it was like the way that yeah, Rollins yeah. came in. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Up, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. So, so I did all the Misfits songs and they're like, you want to sing? But, uh, so that was probably 2000, 2007, 2000, winter of 2007 to 2008 through like the, um, fall of 2009 basically was when I was in the band and when we were, we went on two tours and recorded the albums uh, before the second tour. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, dude, that was sick. Awesome. Randy Vandal. Randy Vandal. Red vs. Black. <laughs> Mics. Dudes. Hi. Hi. Hello. So, talk to us. Where Where did you come from? Well, Mike and I. Uh, this is Mike talking. Uh, grew up outside of Baltimore in Baltimore County. Um, we went to high school. We went really all, all growing up, like we grew up five minutes apart. Um, and we, uh, attended middle and high school together and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and our names, you know, they weren't, I mean, we changed our names legally to Mike and Mike, uh, more recently, but, but back then we had different names. It doesn't matter what they were. <laughs> um, and yeah, we were uh, we were band geeks. We were always band geeks growing up in in middle school and high school. We were in the jazz band and the concert band, and um, it was only a matter of time until we uh, had larger, grander, uh, more misguided ambitions and um, started a jam band. <laughs> oh, I can only hope. So God, I can only hope. Now, let me ask you guys: Did you guys always were you always drums and bass, or did you play no, other instruments we, the, Believe it or not, at that point there were other instruments with other. They had strings on them more yeah. than four. There were guitars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were guitars, um, and sometimes there was a, uh, a horn section. Um, I mean, there, yeah. are, there are basses with more than four strings on them if you're not lazy. Yeah, you know? that's true. And I was actually playing a six-string bass. Yeah. Yeah. The modulus. Yeah, the modulus six-string quantum. That was I'll cut a lot of grass in order to yeah. <laughs> buy that uh, when I was 14. Um, but, yeah, you know, we were talking about um, bands that were, like, super successful in high school and 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 we had yeah black jello was the name of the band yeah and we did uh like a high school variety show that you know went really well everybody would really <laughs> loved it yeah um, sold out crowds and just uh, playing 
you know, shrieking Grateful Dead, Franklin's Tower. Yeah, <laughs> we weren't doing help on the way. Yeah, fortunately, yeah, part of the trilogy. But we did that, and we played this show in, <laughs> in this in uh, like the venue that everybody wanted to come to. Yeah, we sold all the tickets. We had something like over two hundred people come out. Yeah, we made, all of them with X's on their hands. All of them, no one ever been able to drink, you know, yeah. and. Uh, and their parents came too. Yep, because they had to drive them and yep. make sure it wasn't some kind of sketchy drug party. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So now the place where we played the Wrecker Theater to give you an idea, it's since closed, but it was the kind of place where the walls were flanked with those fake fabric flames. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Sexy. Yeah, where there's like a fan that blows on this piece yeah. of fabric and it looks like The kind like of thing a, you see outside like used yeah. car dealerships. Exactly, oh, yes, yeah. and just in a smaller scale. Yeah. Just on a smaller scale, gotcha. Yeah, I, th- those things sold for like 200 bucks at you know Mars <laughs> Music back in the day. Totally. I think you get them at Stebbins Anderson too. Yeah, you probably, <laughs> probably good. Yeah. Um, but who knows what they sell? You yeah. guys made more money in that show. We made so much money at that show. I believe we walked off with more than eight hundred dollars. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Eight hundred and four dollars to the yeah. to the T. That's right. And that was just insane. And that was We've never made that much money in two months. No. <laughs> what? In two months? Like a year, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean zeros costs. Money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were thinking. Oh yeah, we're a tax write off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. bunch yeah. of shit's a tax, a bad hobby. Right. So at the time, we were very much thinking that it's always going to be like this. Yeah. I was like fourteen, or maybe just turned yeah. fifteen. And he was like sixteen. I remember you right. drove to it. You know? Yeah. Wow. You know, and it was a legit venue. I mean, right. You know, like. When we had the rush of seeing our town, yeah. Play there. They had Ticketmaster tickets, and your band's name would get printed on those. Wow! So not there, only did you, know? you make eight hundred dollars, but Ticketmaster probably scraped another like five off of you. Yeah, exactly. People yeah, we're probably buying tickets. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe on the internet. What did you do with the eight hundred dollars? Oh well, that's that's private information. That's private information. <laughs> no. We invested. Yeah. <laughs> No, we, uh, we threw I believe, that drug party that yeah. Yeah. Were, trying, we're trying to avoid. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think I, 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 I probably took the money and spent it on a bunch of recording equipment that never I, really ended up using. I remember, <laughs> yeah, I remember a sort of digital Fostex recorder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one tune that we'll play. That yeah. I think it was actually just me that I did, and I think. That might have been done with the Fostex. I don't know. But yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> an $800 when, recording. When you Dude, t- let's just go into the song, man. Let's hear this Fostex uh, song. Oh, yeah. oh, you want to hear that one? Let's oh, do it. No, I, I Black think we should lead with Black Jello. Let's do a yeah. Black Jello song. Let's oh, okay, do, um, okay, okay. Isaac, do you think? Uh, or let's do well, let's do Isaac and then we'll do National Anthem. I've, I, okay. Randy, I've never heard Black Jello, so I'm very excited. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. yeah.
Yeah, shit's live. Oh, this is a record theater. This is the show. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is from this the show. Oh, well, this is from the, the, the Yeah, oh, wait. You so got that, a lot of shows. Well, that show. <laughs> they invited us back. Yeah. $804, yeah. man. They, they they, we did well, and we said, well, next time we got to bring our smooth jazz saxophone friend. So that's who you heard on that recording. Actually, that was very smooth. The, first, the yeah. first show that we played there, we actually opened there. used to be this band called drums and tuba yeah which was actually a, a tuba bass and guitar band yeah from denton texas denton yeah yeah like university of north texas maybe and uh and uh four dollars <laughs> i do is a mile this is an eight eight hundred and four dollars steel trap and uh yeah no we we opened i think we opened with a i played the tuba on the first that's right song yeah it was tuba hasn't made thinking. its way to vulture shit yet we've dabbled <laughs> We tried it. It could. We thought no, we didn't. It. You're right. <laughs> so, so, drummer Mike, you were pulling a little bit from Incubus, you said. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But really, growing up, I was uh, a jazz geek and a classic rock geek. I was, I was, you know, obsessed with John Bonham and and you know, like Tony Williams and Elvin Jones and like those kind of guys. Right. I I probably couldn't have named a single punk drummer, you know. Whereas now it's really not that much better. It's like Stuart Copeland and Jeff Porcaro and uh, those guys. Well, Bass Mike, Bass Mike, let me ask you. You mentioned earlier that Les Claypool always play, also played like record theater and things like that. Yeah. Now, now, was that one of your early bass influences? I mean, Claypool's uh, a sort of, yeah, again, like sort of epic making basses. I, I'd say my first really, my first really big bass influence at, um, was... <laughs> uh, my, my first really big bass influence was was probably like Jocko and that's like at a young age when I didn't even know because my my dad had this thing about Saturday mornings to wake up the family it was like his time to play records you know so it was usually weather report heavy weather or like yes. or yeah, or Herbie Hancock headhunters I mean you know, or like some kind of like kind of crazy '70s big band. My dad used thing. to play Traffic a lot. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Low spark. That was the dad. Like I'm taking over the record player. Yeah, record yeah. was John Barley. Corn must die. Yeah. Jack, <laughs> Jacko Pistorius is still the only fusion uh, musician I like. Still yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, he's, I like Hancock, he was a maniac. Too. You know, so he he was really important. Um, you know, like I guess Les Claypool was really important at a, at a time when I was younger and then there was a long time that he wasn't important and I didn't give a shit about Les and then I you know really came around on a lot of his earlier stuff and actually just like freaked the fuck out to Frizzle Fry <laughs> and uh, I was just like man this is like 1989 and this guy plays like this you know this is this is awesome. And he plays it's like still, it's 1993. Yeah, he plays like it's 1993. <laughs> and, and it's 2014, and the guy's still got a career. Yeah. So, you know, that, that that's something, you know. But, uh, yeah, I was like a real big... Yeah, up until I was like 18, I was just like world's biggest fish head, really. I just, in high school... That's another thing that we find a lot on the show that there's yeah. some some member of the band is definitely a fish head. Totally, mm -hmm. and I was, and then I I still know a lot of it because it's just so ingrained in my head. But when after I like was it like 17, 18, they like broke up, and it was heartbreaking. And I never just like never gave a shit about it. Really. <laughs> <laughs> now, Randy, you said Jacko Pastorius is uh, the only jazz fusion uh, musician that you respect, but this was your first time hearing Black Jello. Yeah. Yeah. So have you have you have you gleaned no. a couple more? <laughs> Jacko. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not much to respect. Though. I mean, it was you know, uh, the recording quality was really it sounded nice. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there was it sounded way there was better a, than there was my thing. You guys have a drummer. Listen, that was live. I was gonna say there was that was, that was live. That was live. You guys look. You guys sounded way more impressive than when I, you told me that you were in a jam band called Black Jello. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I was, I I was pleasantly well, surprised. I think we should, I think an even more impressive song is our cover of Radiohead's uh, National Anthem, which I, I think we should... Should we roll that? I think we should roll that.
shit, black jello, man. Black, that yeah. was I actually like that better than the real version, to be honest. Oh, wow. Thank you. Like, I mean, I like Radiohead okay, like yeah. and I I dig that. I've always dug that song as a Radiohead song, yeah. but that yeah. kind of rips. I think I think it was like seeing Radiohead do that on Saturday Night Live actually. Yeah. Like 2003. Like, what a cool song. Like, so heavy. Johnny Greenwood's Playing plugs. Yeah. How does he do it? So uh, during uh, during the play there, you guys were talking a bit about your uh, recording technique, which was more advanced than anything I've encountered, and I'm not 18 anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, boy. I don't know. We were probably like six, 16, 17. Six, yeah, I don't know. We were kids. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I was just really into uh, recording. I spent a lot of time on tapersexture.com. Uh, you can look me up there. My uh, alias is uh, Super Fat Al. Uh, my avatar is <laughs> fat a, with a PH. Uh, with a PH, and uh, my avatar is a Hulk Hogan, uh, real American hero GIF, yeah. kind of behind the red, white, and blue. Classic, so, true patriot. Um, but yeah, no, I just learned about all that stuff, and at that time, and being in Black Jello, to me, it was always super important, as like you guys do with all the bands that come on your show to archive to the fullest and to be able to get the best recording possible and hold on to it. So it was actually kind of fun that you guys asked us to do the show because there's a lot of that that hasn't. Well, that's and we've been planning for this for years. <laughs> because the only reason anyone's really in a band is to fulfill some kind of narcissistic yeah. archival need, I think. <laughs> that's yes. that's, that's as good as I've ever heard it put. Narcissistic archival need. It's <laughs> an aural diary. Well, it's, Im it's impressive that you guys had that foresight when you were like 16 years old. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should be a librarian or something. <laughs> we're, we're here now. We're, get your, here get now. your MS in library sciences, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're just grasping it now, just like what we do is important. Yeah, <laughs> people need to do know what we do is important. Exactly. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, and you want to do uh, another, or did you have a band after that? We've got, we have a lot of shit left. Uh, like we weren't kidding. <laughs> we just, uh, shit, let's do another one. Well, I don't. I mean, the Black Jello thing. Shit, I mean, we hey, what's do, the next? The next band. What's I think we gotta go to the next band. Let's give it one. Like. One, you want one more Let's black jello? No, no, I mean one oh, more. One more recording period. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, like I guess we got to do choose purple between cocks. your children. We could do purple cocks or wet money. Or we money. could do wet money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you say you were in purple cocks when you met Randy? Yeah. yeah. Well, let's purple let's purple do purple cocks. Yeah. yeah, okay. Purple cocks came together after uh, black jello had dissolved. Um, there was a summer. Uh, one of those particularly listless, just kind of deadbeat summers that you only have when you're in early college, you know, and you come home and you just like work a bullshit job and you just get stoned way too much. Oh, yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, nobody does that anymore. Yeah, definitely. That's just a call. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. in the past. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in this particular summer, I believe it was the summer of 2006 or 2005. Um, I think uh, we were all at our most nihilistic, really just sort of fucking around, and we formed this band called the Purple Cox that had a very elaborate backstory. We we had pseudonyms in that band, too. I was known as Girthman Stiffenstein. Uh, <laughs> Mike B. over here was The Bone, and we had a guitarist who went as Beefeater Jr. Uh, and we had this elaborate cock story... That, Backstory, sorry, cock story. <laughs> we have this elaborate don't, don't cock we, we, we won't story. edit that out. We'll just repeat yeah. it over and over well, and it, over again. I, I was just getting ahead of myself because the story is that we're from a fictitious nation called Coxwana and that we had never been exposed to other people until a man named Reginald Spaulding <laughs> discovered us in his Jeep Wrangler and thought that we were a miraculous specimen and, uh, and he took us... <laughs> back to America to play. And I believe we, we said that we were African, but that owing to an accident involving breast milk, we had, we had sort of become Caucasian along the way somehow, like at, at least in pigment. It was, you realize how important all this is when you have to say it out loud just, to people who yeah, weren't yeah, involved yeah. in the joke. It testifies to the amount of, of pot involved in this enterprise. <laughs> the fact that we were from the remote country 
of Coxwana. We had yeah. never seen such things as a guitar, bass, and drums. Yes, yeah, so we, had, we had invented those instruments independently in the bush, as it were. <laughs> Free of and, anthropological and corruption. Exactly, there. yeah, gotcha. and then lo and behold, we discovered that they existed. And uh, other people yeah. did it already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so... Um, so this song is from our uh, very, uh, very quick recording session in, in my basement outside of Baltimore. It's called uh, Top of the Mountain, and it's about how there is nothing at the top of the mountain. And as you'll hear, that's a big part of the song. walking down Grand Street around like Graham Avenue stop or whatever and they had a open mic night and I went with this girl and everybody was playing it was fine and uh, I was just like whatever I'll, I'll just play top of the mountain and I borrowed somebody's guitar and I played it and this guy this like really nice dude he plays acoustic guitar obviously hosted the night all the time and he was so upset by that song <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So People get really upset, upset by that verse. He was so upset. He was, he had to come up after I played it and just had his head so low and have to bring up the next performer <laughs> and said that he didn't agree with the song and that he was happier than he'd ever been. Disclaimer. In his, in his yeah. entire life. Wow. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's the saddest so, thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I had seen him playing guitar 
on like in the Bedford L sometimes. If you ever see a guy with like bald head and he's got like a goatee and he looks happier. Super earnest. Yeah, yeah super yeah. earnest and also happier than the pig and shit. Yeah. Playing his acoustic guitar and singing his songs. That's the guy. I'll apologize That's to the him guy. for you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. He's, he's, he's only 18 though. <laughs> well, you got the split out. Uh, what's we your next uh, shows? What's going on the rest of the summer? Well, we've got a what we got. We got a show on Wednesday at Death by Audio, out, but it, Wednesday at Death by Audio, Thursday, Thursday at Trash Bar, Trash Bar, and then every Friday in August except this one, we're doing a little feature I like to call Fridays with Vulture Shit. Fridays with Vulture Shit. Uh, that would be uh, all the Fridays in August. Uh, every single after this one, fucking one of them. Home. She doesn't picture wine, but I get drunk as thumb, don't say much at all. 